Another episode of the Black Jackson Estate. I am Ashley. The flowers are here. So is the pollen. It's a wonderful time to start talking about Michael Jackson once again. Let's check in with the other users. User one, are you there? What's are up, y'all? Hold on. Who? Who's who? Would you call me? Yeah. Isn't? Are you user one? Did I hear somebody else speaking? <gasps> Girl, is there a ghost in your house? Don't do that. Listen. It's a ghost in her room. Mm. I know that's right. Rebuke mm. the devil and he shall flee. Okay. As long as it sit down, as long as sit down and be quiet. Yeah. Mm. Was it Bobby? Anyway. <sighs> no man. Okay. What's up, everybody? User one. Happy to be back in the mix because we've been away for a while. Living life, fighting the pollen, getting vaccinated. Doing all the things you should do as an adult, paying bills, avoiding student loans. But we back. Talk about Michael. Michael Jackson is the one constant in my life. I mean, the amount of my savings account fluctuates, <laughs> but Michael <laughs> is constant. The um, amount in his savings account was. Don't do that. Had a fluctuation no. effect as well. That's the no. story of life, though. God, it's everybody's story. Sometimes you're up. Sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> oh, man, user one, it's great to be here with you. Tell us what you're sipping on this evening. I've got a little bit of, I don't know, what, what's this? This is a, What is that? It's basil Hayden. Basil Hayden. And it's got a little ice in it. So it's it's on the rocks, not neat, so that I can withstand our wonderful episode and not want to take a nap sometime through it. So that's just a little something to kick off the weekend with because it's been a week. It's been a week is the nice way of putting it but every week is a week in a pandemic Ooh. every week is a month in the pandemic but we're here and we're um we're excited about what this episode has in store uh user 1.5 you are the brainchild of this episode where we're going to talk about style and we cannot wait to dig into all the information you have found for us how are you on this lovely evening you know i got my second vaccine my pfizer vaccine yesterday i'm feeling well no side effects so today's episode will be about Michael Jackson's style. We're going to talk about the Afro and we're going to talk about the gold pants, everything before it and after it. And hopefully y'all will enjoy that. And before we get too deep, we're going to pivot to today's sponsor, Air Horns. <laughs> sponsor is none other 
Van E. From the MJ cast. Did I say that? Did I say that with the accent? I don't know if that's Q or Jamin that does that uh that intro from the MJ cast. From the that- MJ cast. I think I've got it, you guys. Um I, and I wanna- want to hear them do us. It's probably gonna be on point. Yeah, it's probably gonna be we sound like the hillbillies, probably. Yeah, we sound like we're from <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> but anyway, um E from the MJ cast is today's sponsor, and we're so thankful you E have done a mystical, magical thing, and that is sponsor a conversation about Michael Jackson's gold pants. And listen, there's gonna be a lot of people out there that are really happy to hear that. So thank you for providing for us. Anybody, um, <laughs> anybody here, user one, I think you might have, you received that notification. And what, I can't remember what our first exclamations were when we saw we had a brand new sponsor and it was E. You know what? I was super excited because the MJ cast just, they support us so much. We just love all those guys. But E is the one man who did the thing that has allowed us to breathe today and appreciate it. And she's always supporting us. They are just the dopest. And everybody listening to us, no doubt, has listened to and listens to the MJ cast and she continue to do so. They are coming out with some really good stuff um, in 2021, including that last episode, I think, that they dropped, which was the interview with the young lady who recently wrote the book, about her time traveling the world, uh, following Michael, which is just a concept. I'm still trying to wrap both of my arms around, but she fully embraced that lifestyle. And wow, her experiences were just insane. And they chronicled that and allowed her, gave her the breathing room to talk about it. And it was really great. So their content, again, is still A++. Check them out if you're not checking them out. And E... Most certainly, we appreciate you. We love you. And cue it, we thank you. We thank you so much. Um, remember, y'all, we're still you- in that every time we want to say we thank you at the end of thanking a sponsor. We're still in the Jacksons doing that. Oh, I, it automatically is going to play when I read mm-hmm. the script. Remember, because it sounds like a puppy commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so let me do it. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, 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 once again, um, oh, wait, you guys, does that mean E is user five? E. Or six? E. I think user- it means E is user six, y'all. Listen, for the low, low cost of $31.98 American dollars, you can cover all the costs of this podcast. Now, listen, if the Lord lays it on your heart to give more, please do. Let the spirit move you. But we have baseline fees that we try to meet every month to make sure that we can bring y'all the latest and greatest episode of the Black Jackson Estate. Some of our legendary sponsors include Alicia Williams, Pamela Price, and now E from the MJ cast. And Uh, just remember, guys, we're not using this money to go buy scratch-offs. I mean, listen, a $2 scratch-off could win you in North Carolina a couple thousand dollars. We're not flipping it and reversing it. We are truly utilizing these funds to carry the carrying costs of having the podcast. So we appreciate everybody who digs deep. We know times are tight now because we're still in a we're still in a thing like a panty. So we appreciate everybody who digs deep 
and pulls out a couple bucks and says, hey, I want to support it. We really appreciate it because we know it's no small thing. It's no small thing. And yeah, so please, please continue to donate, support our podcast, and you going to get a shout out on the next episode. Please go to www.paypal.me forward slash black jack estate and give 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 which can when you can follow us on social media user one runs our twitter that's blk jack estate user 1.5 latoya can be found at rena latoya and user two ashley k blue that's ashley with an i know cap follow us on twitter and give us some of your feedback there user one Point five runs our Instagram. You can find us there at BLK Jack Estate. Stream us, leave a comment wherever you're listening to us right now. Hit pause, leave us a comment, and then you know we'll sit here, we'll wait. <laughs> Come on back. Come on back to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Listen Notes, Pod Play, Pod Topping, Overcast, Pod Bean, and more. If you haven't found us on those and somewhere else that we didn't hear about, please leave us a comment there so we can know and we can see you. Um, that is it for our sponsorship section. Thank you forgiving user one i'm gonna kick it over to you real quick to go over some feedback the last episode episode 17 what did we talk about so episode 17 if you have not listened to it you can go ahead and finish and listen to this because this is gonna this is great i don't even know what's gonna happen yet and i know it's gonna be great so you can stay here with us it's cozy and warm and you got milk and cookies and we're ready to go okay but after you listen to this So episode 17, if you've not listened to it, it was all about Michael Jackson's blackest moments. We did that for Black History Month. It was a lot of fun and we got so much feedback about how you guys felt about us choosing our blackest moments. If you don't know, we went all the way from uh, Michael making songs about the police to Michael showing up for his biggest influence in music. Uh, if you can guess what we did for number one, then you're, you're in sync with us. We are linked, but we appreciate all the feedback we got on that episode. A lot of folks dropped us some notes on Twitter, um, and on Instagram and on Apple and folks from the USA to other parts of the world. So we appreciate it guys. And something we, we, we weren't aware of that was just out there. I'm kind of learning, still learning about it is the pod bean podcast. And we have a friend over there, some fam over there. We got some MJ fam on pie beam that said, this is from Trish 74, who we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for checking us out. And as always, this goes to everybody. If you got an idea, if you, if you have something that you think we should be talking about, like, why are you guys talking about that? Drop us a note, send me a DM. I love to see what you think we should be focusing in on or some of the things that you think are just not being discussed that you'd like to hear us discuss. But at any rate, Trish74 said, she she said, I'm hollering at the toes out flip-flop comments. I have not laughed this hard in such a long time. Life's been rough. Thank you. No, thank you, Trish, because we do it for comments like that. We do it to know that we bring some sort of joy, even just a little bit to your day um, by talking about a topic that we can all find common ground in. Even if we don't always agree, we always love MJ. So thank you so much for that comment. I don't remember what the toes out thing was about. 
Excuse that was the me? remember the time, I think. We were talking about remember the time. We talked about toes. Oh, when people were dancing. Yeah, we Michael had toes out when he came. I don't came remember when we talked about toes. Thing. We talked about toes being out. And let me tell you something about flip-flops. People who wear flip-flops, and this is me, me included. You are unsafe. Okay? If you need to get out of a space quickly, them flip-flops are going to betray you. So just remember that when the world opens up. Okay? Because you need to get you a flip-flop with a uh, strap on the back. For, so for your heel. So that would be a sandal now, folks. So that if you need to move quickly, you can usher yourself into a new environment because those flip-flops will betray you and you'll have to come out of them and you'll be like Fred Flintstone. Might I make a suggestion, user one? Mm-hmm. Crocs. Traditional, original Crocs. That'll work. That's the answer, guys. That's yeah. the answer, guys. But if you're in your flip-flops, just be careful. I love to have my toes out, too. They need to breathe, okay? So appreciate you, Trish74. Keep leaving us those dope comments. And it could be you next. Leave us a comment. It could be you next that we're reading out and thanking you very personally uh, for your support. Thanks again, y'all. We really love you. We appreciate you. Okay, so we're going to move into our new segment First up, the heartbreaking. What is that? The news. I feel like we need some news music. Does Michael have? Oh no, we need to use the um. No, we gotta limit how much. Everybody got to make No, we have to limit every time. Everybody got to make I mean, I think when we talk about Michael's news, I think you could drop that. But we talk about news that ain't got nothing to do with him sometimes. So I'll just do the ABC. There you go. The tradition. Yeah. yeah. That's going to sound fucking wild. I can't wait to do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, listen. We're going to jump right into the news. Wait. What are we going to name this segment? We need to give it a name. Uh, The news? No, we don't. This is the Black Jackson Estate News Minute with user one and user two. First up, rapper DMX. I just got possessed by the DMX demon. I just got possessed by the DMX dog. Go take us a fucking game. When he started growling, you know it's about to Yeah. He was such a Michael fan. And I think I I think this was in the middle of all the stuff that was happening in 19. He goes on stage with a Michael Jackson t-shirt on and was just silently, I think, expressing his support, even in a dark moment, you know, when Michael just did not have a voice and so many people were backing, like backing away, you know, not knowing anything and just back trying to distance themselves. He went on stage with a t-shirt with Michael's face on it. And I know that a lot of fans appreciated that, but he was just authentic. He was like, this is who I am. You can take it, you can leave it. You know, and that was pretty, <laughs> that was pretty much it. That was just kind of how he was. So shout out to DMX and all prayers of peace and comfort um, in the days ahead for his family. You wanted to do Billboard trivia, user one. Go ahead. All right, y'all. Billboard trivia. I'm, we're gonna. Someone wanna sing that so we can record it and get Wowzers. it. Wowzers! I'll put the piano right. behind it. Do it again. <laughs> Billboard trivia. What do you want, an organ or a synthesizer? I want a synth. Okay, I got you. All right, let me get the synth. All right, y'all. So we're doing a little bit of Billboard trivia, and we're basing it on the month of April, and our song for April is Off the Wall. 
off the wall. Peaked April 12th, 1980. Anybody want to guess where it peaked on the Hot 100 billboard? The single off the wall. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm going to guess it peaked at either 9 or 10. I don't think really, you did really good. It peaked okay. at number 10. Wow, great. It peaked at number 10. It's such a good song. So it's the third single from Off the Wall, Michael's first solo album with Epic Records, who he ended up hating greatly. However, at this time, still on good terms, we like each other. We're friends. Off the Wall comes out. It's a hit. The title track off the wall was written by who folks? Y'all are not my hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Temperton. Yes, Rod Temperton wrote off the wall was produced by our best scamming friend of them all. Uh Mr. And off the Wall was the album's third single released in February of 1980, peaking in April of 1980 at number 10 on Billboard's Hot 100. Oh, George Duke did some of the sound effects on that song. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Wow, I love George Duke. He's my birthday twin. Is he? Mm-hmm. January 12th, baby. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Big cap. But, Big cap. okay. Back to Off the Wall. So not only was Off the Wall peaked in April of 1980, matter of fact, the week of April 12th, 1980, it peaked at number 10 on Billboard's Hot 100. The f- number one song of this week is by Pink Floyd, and it's called Another Brick in the Wall. And I listened to this song to kind of get a context of where we were, where it was happening in music in the United States on this week's charts. And that song, I think I'm going to need to listen to it a couple more times to understand what's happening here. It didn't sit. Is that your first time listening to Pink Floyd, the wall album? That's the first time I heard anything. Oh my God. Like that. So another brick in the wall was, is apparently a very popular song. I'm just not familiar with it. And I didn't enjoy the first listen. Oh my God. My chest is caving in. I'm going to have to go back and go. But if I had to put, if I have to put them head to head, I'm going to choose off the wall. I'm just going to say that because I am brand loyalty over here. And I just can't bop to that. Another brick situation. Like I can, the brick in the wall does not beat off the wall. We're going to move on uh, to the next. Do you have any other billboard trivia you want to share? Because it was mostly just one piece of trivia. <laughs> That's it. This is this is the trivia and this is the challenge. Off the wall peaks at number 10 in April of 1980. Can you imagine how he felt in the spring of 1980? Knowing he was breaking these barriers. He was finally getting a chance to express himself. His own album. He said the Jacksons are over here. I am over there. And I get to do my thing. Y'all, that's off the wall in and of itself. That's freedom. This man was soaring. He didn't even know yet how high. He didn't know. So spin off the wall when you get a chance, turn it all the way up because those harmonies are so tight. It's like five part harmony It's crazy. And I don't get the Pink Floyd thing, but God bless. That was number one when Michael was peaking with off the wall at number 10 in April of 1980. Thank you, user one, for that billboard trivia. It's good for the kids to keep 
in mind Michael's history. So from here, we're going to divert into a little pitch for an idea we've been discussing for actual years about the Black Jackson Estate fan fiction. All right, y'all, listen, fanfic rules must be 18 in order to submit if it's going to be racy material. Now, if you're going to include, if you're going to go for non-racy material, that's open for everyone. But 18 and up for racy material, let it be tasteful and let it be something that you feel the community at large could enjoy. And Um, don't disrespect me. I'm going to know if you're a fucking baby or not, bro. Yeah, if you're if you're 16, we'll know. And that's cool. Just don't do that, okay? Don't try to hit us with the fake ID. Don't, no, don't do, do that. that. So everybody keep it nice and neat. We understand fan fictions can be a little uh, over the top. And that's cool. We want to highlight that as well. But we just want to make sure we're doing it with adults where it is much more appropriate. And we still are going to keep it classy and tasteful. But we want to highlight a part of the community that is often... It's almost like the dirty secret part, but it really shouldn't be. There's some really talented folks writing out um, ideas of Michael at different points in his life and career and building these fictionalized stories around it. And some of them are really, really, really good. So we want to take a chance and an opportunity to highlight those artists, those writers who have got the skills to pay the bills, baby. And we want to support you and shout you out. I swear, I've seen fan fiction since I became a little baby Michael Jackson fan back in my teens. Your accents are getting worse. They're getting better. (laughs) And um, I'll say I never understood that community. So you guys help me understand it. And let me. Well, what's the what's that? What's not there to understand here? I honestly don't like fiction, period. I pretty much only read true stories or based on true stories is probably as fictional as it gets for me. But I mostly read historical, non-fictional items. Yeah. I'm a lot of fun at parties. Yeah, you sound it. So that's it. That's our open invitation for fan fiction. Send it up and send it through. Can't wait to hear from you. All right, we're rolling into uh, the latest update in our news section. Taj's GoFundMe update. So listen, episode 17, I think we put our flag in the ground on uh, monitoring Taj's progress to goal for his GoFundMe to create... A Michael Jackson defense film titled The Truth Runs Marathons, an account that was established in 2019, uh, the year of our Lord pre-pandemic when times were rosy uh, for most of us. But Michael had a rough year in the 19 for sure. So Taj is now on his quest. To meet the massive goal of $777,000. And uh, yeah, we're committed to giving you an update every episode or as frequently as we can on Taj's progress to goal as of the recording of the podcast. So user one, user 1.5. 
what percentage do you think Taj Jackson has reached on his quest to meet the goal of $777,000 American currency? What percentage was he last time? I think it's not about the number. It's not about the number of where he is to go. It's about the con- the consistency of um, letting people know where we are and what's happening and how the project is moving forward. And so I think that's where things can become shaky. And I definitely get it. He's doing this out of his, um, his love for his uncle. He feels an obligation, as I think anyone would. And... Um, but he also has a life. He has a personal life. He has things that are going on. And so let me say that too. In our last episode, we started talking about how we felt about the project and its lack of real movement. And as the pandemic and people are getting more people are getting vaccinated, I'm really expecting to see a big leap from him. And I hope to see that. And a lot of people had a lot of comments. We saw him on Twitter. We saw him in our DMs. We saw him um everywhere you guys were leaving them or sending us messages in Gmail saying, Hey, you know, I agree. And, you know, it's just an unpopular sort of opinion, but I do agree with you or people saying, Hey, I agree, but maybe we, maybe you guys need to consider this part. And we heard you trust and believe we heard you. And we, um, you gave us some food for thought. And I agree. I think that he, you know, I even think about us in this podcast, we do our level best, but sometimes life really gets in the way. It's a passion project. So we don't always have the time we wish we had. Um, We acknowledge that that is a concern from his standpoint as well. And I think that that's important to always highlight when we talk about where he is, but in the same breath to also say, when you're raising money, you got to put up or shut up. So we, you definitely have to show something for what you're doing. I think he's probably, you know, slow and steady continuing to get those donations. And I hope he's able to turn those donations into um, product. That's where we are. And if he can do that, then it's worth it. And a lot of people will say it'll be worth the wait. Some people will say it ain't, but a lot of people will say it's worth the wait if he can turn the donations into a solid project and product. So Taj, man, we, we really, we, and we support. So anyway, uh, <laughs> if you check the, if you check episode 17's notes, he had to do that. If you check episode 17's show notes, you'll see that Taj was at 29% goal when we recorded that episode in, oh, what was that? Early March, because we was late for Black History Month in actual February, which is why it became Black History 365. But yeah, they don't, so need to know. they don't need to know the secrets. They need to know the truth. And Taj is still at 29.845% to go. So let's talk about how to hit goals. And we're going to do this very quickly. And then we're going to give him a 60 second section. primer on how to hit fundraising goals. Go. The 60-second primer on what needs to happen here. We see a bunch of small donations on this GoFundMe, and that's great, okay? What Taj needs to do if he hasn't done already, and I'm sure he has, but let's say he hasn't, and he needs to hear it from somebody. You need to write down three people who are going to go and give a nice chunky amount, not chunky, but chunky amount on that GoFundMe, just so we can see it. 
Okay. Like whether it's uh, low hanging fruit, like Chris Brown, you know, pretty easy to get that guy's number. You know, I don't know who you made the ass to, but listen, we need to see sizable donations move this needle down the line. And let's just say you get one a quarter. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Okay. We're in the second quarter of the year. So set your sights on two big donors who are going to give on that GoFundMe so we can see that needle move. Or a sizable donation from a group of organizations. Let's target their ass and get the money, honey. We don't got it. But I'm sure there's somebody who does. Anybody else got any feedback on Taj being 29% to go other than we support him and we hope he gets to go sooner than later? The feedback is, Taj, we got your back. We support you 1,000%. If we can help in any way, it is an open invitation to help in any way. We do have our own lovely user to Vanna Black who is able to turn those letters around. You see what I'm saying? And get to the money. And we're happy to loan her out to help you brainstorm no, some positive don't, ways don't, to do don't that. Don't hire me out. Don't. <laughs> don't hire me out. I'm not indentured servant of the Black Jackson estate. Okay. Do I look she like John McClain? Do I look like John Bronca? A little bit. A little bit. Listen. Taj, you already heard that advice. Don't listen to me. So, no, Taj, 100%. Everyone's still in your corner and everyone wants to see. I think that beyond Taj's thing, I think he wants to see. So let me also, we should probably pivot to other people who have projects. And there are other people who are creating um, and raising money. And I think everyone, there's room to support everyone. And the truth is that people who have a sound vision and a sound execution plan, we're all for it uh, to, to get this this story out, you know, you look at the push that happened with leaving Neverland. It was such a push in the wrong direction that so many people got behind and it backfired on them. Um, as Tupac said, the media is full of dirty tricks and that was a lot of dirty tricks on that one. And people are starting to see those stories unravel in multiple venues and places and mediums. So, Absolutely. We support everybody. Let me just say that who is doing something positive that seeks to be a balanced portrayal or at the very least give the uh, the opposing side to the argument. So shout out to everybody. And I think we've said enough about that. Everybody continue to support on um, projects you believe in, give to what you believe in. And um, that's the best you can do. And it's all you can do. Let's get to 30 percent. All right. Now, for the main event, Michael Jackson, the style icon, is the topic of today's discussion. User 1.5, not only have you prepared this episode that lays before us, but you have successfully completed a whole brand new head of twists while we ran through the first two blocks of this episode. How do you feel about that accomplishment and the journey in front of us? You know, as Black women, we've done that for generations. And so I would just like to say I'm proud. I've got most of my hair done in time that we've been here. And uh, it's going to look great. I'll post pictures on my uh, Instagram. You should go follow me uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, 
yeah, I'm really excited to talk about Michael Jackson's style because he's been a style icon for years and years from the Jackson 5 days when they had those cute little outfits with the tassels and the bell bottoms up until, you know, his This Is It era. Michael Jackson has been a style icon for his entire life from the Jackson 5 era days when he they had those cute outfits that uh, had the tassels on them and the bell bottoms all the way up until his This Is It era outfits where Michael had his, you know, uh, jackets with those those funky sleeves, those funky shoulder pads in them, and his leopard print blue pants. Uh, and so I'm really excited to unpack some of his most iconic looks uh, and to talk about it. Yes, we are too. So um, let's kick this off with uh, Michael Jackson's influences on fashion overall. I think we all see Michael show up in different ways uh, now more than ever. And um, user 1.5 found a cool article talking about that. Um, and also she found some more information about Michael Bush talking about that style and what it was like coming together. So user 1.5, can you tell the folks a little bit about Michael Bush? And then we can kind of have a level setting on how all these fashions ended up coming together in his adulthood, because Suzanne DePass is like the first piece of that. And then Michael took control of his own wardrobe. And then Michael Bush kind of came in towards the end and ran, ran with him towards the end of his life. So can you give the folks some context on what you know about Michael Bush? Absolutely. So Michael Bush and Dennis Tompkins actually were Michael's um, personal stylists. Uh, for years. Um, they came in around the, um, right after the uh, victory tour, uh, and they came in around that era, so off the wall, uh, more into the bad era. Um, and they took some of his looks that he already had, like the, the, the sequence glove, uh, and they kind of enhanced that. They added to it, um, but they also gave him some really cool um, looks. Uh, they are the pioneers of the Michael military jacket. And so they are absolutely incredible. They worked with him. They traveled with him. They made sure he looked good on stage. Um, and Michael Bush actually wrote a really cool book. It's called um, Michael Jackson, King of Style, Dressing Michael Jackson by Michael Bush. Came out November 6, 2012. Right. And so if you don't have that book, go grab it. It's got really cool pictures in it, really amazing stories that Michael Bush tells about Michael Jackson and his time with him. Um, it's very informative. So we got a lot of the background information for this pod from that book. So shout out to Michael Bush, wherever you are. We'd love to have you on the pod to talk about some of Michael's uh, iconic looks. So call us, messages. Yes, we would absolutely love it. So um, Michael Bush was uh, part of that team that kind of helped develop Michael's uniform. And User 1.5 has compiled some of the things that you typically see in Michael Jackson's uh, quote-unquote uniform. A corduroy shirt. <laughs> corduroy shirts, usually red, black, uh, cotton pants with box pleats sometimes with the cuff and loafers. I heard he was a big fan of the black Levi's, the straight mm -hmm. leg joints. Those were his dress pants, the black Levi's. He would 
those were his dress pants. He wore those to Elizabeth, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor's wedding. And she called Michael Bush. He tells this really funny story how she called Michael Bush and was like, make sure he don't wear no damn Levi's to my wedding. And what did Michael show up with? Levi's. And they fired. I think that is the traditional Michael look. Um, and he always got them. So, you know, you can see that sock. Got to see that sock. Just a little bit of sock. Um, so, yeah. Go buy some black Levi's in honor of Michael. His favorite color was red because the human eye dilates when it sees the color. Where the fuck is this in that book? Like, where did it this is come in that from? Book. Yeah, it is in that book. Yeah. Isn't that, that awesome? I, I don't understand. What's the significance of eye dilation? Yeah. What? So your Bobby, eye gets, get off my foot. Your eye gets bigger. It takes in more. It takes in more when your eye dilates. Why does so, Michael give a fuck about that? Well, uh, red is also one of those colors. It's a warm color. This is from being a hairstylist for 10 years. Red is a warm color. It automatically draws your attention. Any warm colors make you feel good. Reds, yellows, oranges. And it and it, cre- it commands your attention. So I can see why red was his favorite color. Because so there's a picture in the show notes of Michael Jackson with all of these celebrities. And if you notice in the photo, you can see the Diana Ross, Diana Ross jumps out at you the most because she has on a warm color. Everybody else has on cool colors, save whatever. Uh, is that Tracy Ellis Ross in the picture too? It is Tracy Ellis Ross. And, and then is that the Barry Gordy girl? Yeah. It's Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Rhonda. the Barry Gordy girl. Really? She has a name. All Her right. I needed Rhonda to get to Ross. it. I wasn't being disrespectful, Miss Rhonda. Uh, I was just trying to get to your name. It's Rhonda, Rhonda, Ross. Rhonda Ross. Okay. Rhonda Ross Kendrick. She's married. Okay, sis. All but right. Everybody's got a touch of red except for Michael. <laughs> because why he holding that microphone to Diana Ross' mouth like that? Because they're usually fighting over it. Or he used to hold something. You know, if that if it's a past the microphone situation, <laughs> those, Diana, those, I'm just joking, just joking. She's not gonna come on the show now. Dan <laughs> Ross is never coming. If Dan Ross wanted to come on this podcast, I'd be like, no, ma'am, I love you, but this wow, is I, well, I would only this. let her come along with Miss Mills. <laughs> what? That is so we can discuss you, how you, you stole cause, her. Well, we need healing chaos. and reconciliation. I'm sure uh, they are fine. I bet they ain't. And I don't think that you have your Ayana license, so I need you to relax. <laughs> call a thing a thing. Ayana doesn't even have a license. Did you know that? <gasps> You're not. I gonna, didn't know that. No, I didn't know not, that. No, 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 no. She does have a license, a law license. No, she doesn't. Does she really? Yeah. She's an attorney. Correct. Turn life healer or life coach. Life That's coach. what we do for people. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't get the fuck off my line. Man. <laughs> anyway, let's pivot back to this picture. Okay. So everybody's got on. Miss Ross has on full red. Uh, Mike's uh, got on some red here. Michael has on zero red. Aretha Lip. Franklin has Lip. red. Un- Lip. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just are not observing enough. It's actually and, a you know nude what? lip, if we're going to be correct. Don't be disrespectful. First of all, we're talking about are, fashion. And this his, is... <laughs> how does the makeup we're talking not... A, okay, how does we that not... Get to the contr- makeup, ma'am. Ma'am. Oh, right. I'm done. I'm gone. Gone to black. We've got Aretha Franklin in red with fur. And we've got Stevie Wonder in red Within dashiki 
print. We've got Michael in what a leather, a black leather ensemble that is emblazoned with medallions of some sort. Is this the one with spoons or keys? This is or the spoons the and forks and knives and things. <laughs> because yeah, if we all were going to eat later and they didn't have enough plastic uh, wear, you could just go to Michael's vest and jacket and get what you need. And get your I think that's it's a very considerate outfit. It's practical, actually. Yeah. If how, how many times have we been somewhere it. and not had silverware? You know, because somebody didn't put it in your bag. But didn't they talk do? about this? They talked about this jacket in the book. It's actually the cover art, right? Yes, and this it was one of his favorite pieces. So Michael didn't wear the same thing twice. He didn't wear the same jacket twice. Michael actually had a bad habit. I guess it was good for the fans of just giving away his jackets to people. And so Michael Bush talks about in the book how, you know, Michael would say, oh, I like this jacket, such and such that you did whatever time. And they would be like, uh, you gave it away. We don't even have the measurements for that jacket, you know. So he talks about how they had to record a- literally everything because Michael would just give the shit away. Um, but he liked this piece. And so he wore this piece more than once in public. He wore it to the um, Clinton inaugural ball in the in the photo that we have in the show notes. That's the, the picture that you guys are looking at. I'm just Googling. Why did he think that was appropriate for a presidential inaugural ball? Are you you asking me to go in his mind and. It was appropriate. I'm asking you to just. What's your opinion? He looks nice. He got his gold belts on. He looks wonderful. His Levi's. He actually, he looks great. The Clintons didn't have no problem with it, obviously. Yeah, Chelsea was there. Um, Bill, Hillary. You say that like they weren't supposed to be there. Of course they were going to be there. Yeah, I mean, he was given what all generations needed. You know how inaugural balls are. Fucking boring. This nigga had on fucking silverware jacket. Let's jazz it up a little bit. Let's bring some excitement to this boring ass, white ass establishment. You know, everybody's going to love it. And they did. What's the commentary on that on that performance at the inaugural ball? I don't remember it. Oh, he had a yellow turtleneck underneath that. You guys, wait, 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 wait. Now that I'm zooming, this is not a silverware coat. Here it is. I'm pasting it in the shot and the thing so you can zoom in. That's I mean, it's just as tacky as, but it's not. It's not as tacky, no, because this one isn't going to make any sounds when he walks by. Yeah, that's true. It's quieter. Mm -hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross. So here's the thing. (laughs) <laughs> that <laughs> y'all see that you're insane do you see valerie simpson just hiding behind michael jackson michael jackson's uniform includes some variation of a black leather jacket with some type of silver adornment is that fair to say user 1.5 absolutely there was really military style that was his you know that was his his thing that was his signature uh going out look so, I mean, and he, the thing about Michael and his military style, it was very um, intentional. Um, so he wore the military jackets because he was in love with like Great Britain, early colonial British looks, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, and so he, he wanted to look like that all the time. He was royalty. He and he said that royalty. it made him look 
taller than what he was. So the classic military style is a, um, the silhouette is short in the waist, wide in the shoulders. It made him look taller and it made him look more broad than what he was. Because as we learned in episode 17, Tupac and uh, Michael were the same height. And, uh, but Michael had this kind of grandiosity about him. And so he wanted to project that all the time. So that's how we get to the military. Uh, look and it really took off in the 90s when he um you see him everywhere with dame with the, with the dame elizabeth taylor and everywhere with his military jackets on so that was really his signature style i think when people think about michael not performing they think about him in those jackets and sometimes performing in those jackets let's talk about the four f's the four f's fit function fun first can you explain first so Michael always wanted you to think outside the box. So he wanted to make sure that what he had on was something that nobody had seen before because he never wanted to wear the same thing twice. So if you think back, for those of you who've watched the uh, making of Ghosts, remember there's a part in there when he was talking to, I think he was talking to Travis. He was talking to the choreographer, I believe, about you know the tapping on the floor and making a sound and something that you hadn't heard before. Michael was really big on, on being the first to do something. And he wanted his stylist to come up with these out of this world, <laughs> in some cases, ideas for how he looked and for his look for, you know, for going out. So I'm sure that they loved and hated their job at the same time, because I can't imagine always having to think of some new shit. Yeah, Michael had a ton of innovative fashion first that we're going to run through um, and just call out individually uh, that folks are familiar with and might just want to talk about a little bit more in depth. You can go to our Instagram and you'll see I've posted or I'll share with user 1.5 pictures of Michael's outfits from the Michael Jackson collection at the Grammy Museum where his thriller jacket, a series of his gloves are, the shin guards are there, um, and a couple other pieces. So you guys can go there and check out those looks as well as the looks we're about to call out here. So the first piece of fashion for one Mikey Jackson, the sequin glove. The sequin glove. So uh, there's a lot of debate about this. I think we saw the glove for the first time during the Triumph, the Triumph tour run that was very short. And then we didn't see it again. And then it came back at Motown 25. Has anybody else heard that story other than me or seen those pictures? Mm-mm. I haven't seen those pictures. Yeah. I, on the tour, the tour piece. Yes. So I think a lot of people are aware that prior to the Motown performance, he was wearing this glove on the Destiny and Triumph tours. It was, it was both tours. And um, there were he was trying different gloves. And there's a, a, a quote of him saying, you know, I had been wearing this glove for a long time and nobody noticed it until I did, you know, Motown 25. So it was it was something he was experimenting with and trying to get a feel for, but it was not new. By the time we get to Motown 25, this was not a new thing he did. It was something he had already been doing and kind of trying to get a feel for. 
with the audience and how it how it felt for him and how it fit him. So no one was doing anything like that. You know, I think, it, you know, like he, he again, it was the drawing attention to the to the hand is these were like accent points for him. You know, the high the high pants, the glove, the loafers, these are the socks. These are accent points to draw the audience, the listener, the watcher in. And he was just he really was a master of understanding how all of him was the show, not just his voice or his dance moves. Every single part of everything he did was a part of the show. And the glove is became just an iconic piece to that reality. Yeah, Michael came out of Motown 25 with a couple fashion pieces. So he comes out with the sequin glove. He comes out with the iconic sequin sweater. He comes out with um, the... Uh, the high waters are on display for all to see. The black loafers are cemented in time as they moonwalk across the stage. He, um, the um, And he brought the hat. And I think Michael had been working hats since he was in the Jackson 5. Uh, so the hat had been a part of the routine for a while, just not in the way that he used it here. But of all those pieces, the sequin glove is the one that's iconic above them all. And when Absolutely. you see that, you already know what's popping. We, it's only one person you could possibly be talking about. And Michael was really good at creating moments with his wardrobe, with his looks. So like after Motown 25, he only used the glove on stage for Billie Jean. But if you've seen any of the shows where he does Billie Jean, he, he, transforms almost back to that moment in time. He, he pulls out the black sequin um, cardigan. He pulls out the glove. He pulls out the hat. So he was really good at creating these moments where as soon as he had that jacket on or that glove on or whatever, you automatically knew what song was coming up next because it was only associated with that. And he's one of the few artists to be able to do that. Actually, probably one of the only artists to actually do well, that with his wardrobe. Can we talk about Katherine Jackson as style icon? Because as we know, that sequence jacket he wore on Motown 25 was his mom's. It came out of his mom's closet. And, and so really it might be uh, Mama Katie as style icon because that was hers. He didn't know what he was going to wear. I, I, there's a quote from Jermaine where Jermaine goes on, um, um, he goes on Jimmy Fallon's show and he talks about this iconic piece from Michael and we'll try and post it in the show notes so you guys can see it. And he pretty much says, you know, Michael didn't know what he was going to wear. So he went to their mom's closet. Okay. Yeah. This He's, story, Michael picked and chose when he gave Catherine credit for that sweater. He go back and forth on it. Sometimes he would give her credit out the gate. Then other times he wouldn't mention it at all. He was like, yeah, this sweater I found. You know what? Well, we got Jermaine giving the same story. And this is, we're going to, I think at that point between Michael giving credit and now Jermaine giving credit, we know where it came from. Yep. We know it's definitely Catherine's jacket or sweater for sure. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Catherine's sweater. Didn't Latoya also verify I think been, I, I believe I believe she skipped over it and I was looking for that specifically. 
Mm. But maybe maybe she mentioned had to say, yeah. I do remember her saying that they all used to wear each other's clothes a lot. So she might have spoken to it more generally, but I don't know if she specifically called that one out in her first book. It's worth a Google. We'll check. We'll put the we'll put the answer in the show notes. If you want to guess, tweet us, ask us, did Latoya say that? And we'll know what you're talking about. And Latoya, you can go ahead and let us know if you did comment on this. Is this your mom's uh, jacket? I mean, listen, it's clearly uh, it can go any way. It, my, you, I just like this utility, right? It, this is the reality. Michael Jackson didn't need to get someone to make him a, a $50,000, $100,000 outfit in order for him to change, change the whole game. And that's kind of the thing, right? Like he literally used what he, what he had and it was more than enough. And this is kind of almost an extension of that reality of who he was as a, as a, as an artist, as an entertainer. He just went to his mom's closet cause he was still living at the house at this point. Of course. And he was like, what you got? And he saw this and was like, okay, that'll do. I like this. And Mama Katie was like, sure, you can borrow it. Just clean it when you're done. Like, really, go get it clean. <laughs> she probably never saw it. that sweater again. She, right. He that took that. It was gone. gone. Like like all kids, like we do with our moms and our parents. If you let us borrow something, it is now ours. There is no return. Not going to oh, get yeah. it back. That's oh, a yeah. for show. He definitely right kept it. That's a for show. You know, like, but my mama sometimes will come looking for her stuff. Like She does. Uh, Mm-hmm. Same. Where, where's yeah. my um? And sometimes Tupperware. I <laughs> don't keep the Tupperware. Okay. Ooh, uh, yeah, I try to come with it because I don't like play. Yeah, my grandma's like that too. Mm-hmm. She's serious so, about her Tupperware. Yeah. So I don't so, blame them, especially if it's Pyrex. But listen, uh, the sequin glove and the sweater are kind of like a package deal, along with the hat, and then eventually he adds the briefcase with the hat, and it's all a big shebang. One of the things that comes out of this moment well actually let's say this the military style that michael sticks with throughout his life is not the same style that you see on motown 25 what you see on motown 25 is uh the functional michael jackson outfit in its zenith and when he shows up in the military jacket he's probably coming to collect some hardware aka some awards um, or speak in front of a microphone for a couple seconds. So, mm-hmm. um, that's fair. Yeah. So I I think that kind of summarizes the military look in the '90s. The pearl military jacket. We know that he was buried in something similar to that one, if not the same one. Um, and it's a perfect example of Michael's regal wear. He also wore a military style jacket to the Grammys when he uh, won that record number and um, the armband shows up around this time and it shows up on the military jackets and then it transitions to sweaters as well Um, any thoughts on the military branding of Michael Jackson or the armband 
Well, I want to say this, like the Jacksons were also wearing military jackets. So I know Marlon was for sure hardcore. So this was, I don't know who started wearing them, but I don't think it was Michael. And I think Michael kind of, I think it might've been Marlon and Michael kind of borrowed that idea and took it to another level as a solo artist. But this was something that started with his brothers. And so I think we talk a lot about in this podcast, the influence of his brothers on who he became as a solo artist. And it's hard for us to understand how some people try to separate these entities, like Michael somehow as a solo exists without his brothers. It just, it doesn't happen. And sisters, um, brothers and, and sisters. sisters. Right. Most, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not, I will say most obviously, I guess Janet, but you know, he and Latoya were really tight. He worked with Reby musically. So, you know, they, this really is a musical family and they all, Michael is not the only bright spot. He just had the brightest star, but he definitely took things from his siblings and and made them his own or things they were doing. And then, you know, wholesale, (laughs) my wholesale ripped them off and took it on, you know, but the military thing was not new. It was a Jackson's thing, or at least something that they were doing. They all kind of liked that British Royal Euro Royal look and they went for that hardcore and tried to jazz it up and make it as their own. And so I really like that. And those were the iconic looks, like you said, when he went out to like an award show or something. But then he had these iconic looks that show up every year at Halloween. Like, who's got the better jacket? Like, is it the, maybe it is the military that Beyonce borrowed from when she went on the, um, and did the Super Bowl, or maybe it's the thriller jacket that you see people dressing up as if every year, or the beaded jacket. He's got these other looks that are just cemented in time. And like, I think it was this past year, me and my sister watched wrestling. We're big wrestling fans. So anybody out here, shout out to the wrestling universe, the WWE, uh, what they call it? The WWE. No, they call it the uh the well the WWE universe. That's what it is. Um, but we watch wrestling, and one of the you know there's a there's an act that actually uses a part of Michael's whole sequence jacket looks as a part of their act. Um, and that act um was I think it's Montez Ford and um Bianca Belair. They're actually married in real life, and this past year they did a whole thriller sequence and for Halloween. Like they did a whole video, um, like recapturing that, that, that iconic video. And of course the jacket comes up. So like Michael's just has had a reach. I I think he was on to something. He knew the jackets were working. And I think they, like you said, they made him look bigger, um, or more, you know, like these more masculine cuts as far as shoulders, you know, broad shoulders and, you know, that sort of thing. And he kind of really went wholesale in on it and it worked for him. And so he kept using it and trying to innovate it. And it just continued to work throughout his career. Michael leaned heavy into very masculine royal wear. Like if that nigga kid had came out and I got um, a knight's uniform. Oh, yeah. With the helmet, he probably would have. But instead, Mm -hmm. he chose to be an astronaut. And that was cool, too. He went for it. I mean, he like the jackets thing. But remember, like the jackets were so prevalent. That's why the director or whoever on um, keeping in the closet was like, you know, you should 
you should, you know, come out of that jacket and let people see your body, adi adi. And <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He came out of that jacket, and we got a different look from him. We were so used to seeing him in in so many layers, right, including a jacket. Um, if we go back, even um, remember the time. It's like layered on, you know, and then if we go back before that to the bad era, we have bad, which has all these buckles and stuff, like just everything. It's like, again, another iconic look jacket. Um, Smooth criminal is a whole suit and he's looking fly. What else? The way you make me feel, he doesn't have a jacket on. He's just, but he's got a shirt and he's a still layered. Yeah. yeah he's layered and, and multiple shirts um you're uh, not alone he's butt ass naked yeah with lisa lisa he's got wings i'll be honest i think that's an opportunity that was a moment where latoya may have paved the way also janet at that time because she was showing off all the body by the time that song came out um yeah i think he he was just like oh okay well i want to show some titties too i mean i want to show my nipples (laughs) right and there were just few times that he did it right he was normally under a layers of clothes and he would maybe strip something off in the show but as it came to him showing himself out in public very conservative very conservative about how he presented his himself and that may have been for some image concerns he had for himself but also just it was a part of his look so he dug deep on the jackets and the, you know, you rock my world. We're back to suits. You know, I think that's why the fans could appreciate, like you said, he got naked for you. Uh, um, you are not alone. And something like, um, you know, okay, one more chance. He's got a jacket on, right? So he just, he, 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 this is his, this is his thing. But when he steps outside of it, you also see where he's also successful because the fan, now he's switching it up and the fans can appreciate that instead of seeing variations of the same sort of theme for him in as far as his style. Next up Absolutely. is this. Next Gosh. up. We're moving on to the shin guards. My favorite piece of Michael Jackson artillery. Oh, my Lord. Made of copper. So they could be plated with medals of Michael's choosing. Custom made to fit his smaller frame. I've seen the shin guards. They are at the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, California. They are beautiful. They are magnificent. They are a massive part of the history era in particular do y'all remember seeing michael in shin guard prior to history no but it was, was there a shin guard that was there a black shin guard during the bad video when in the transfer in the outfit that he transformed into I think he had knee pads on. I don't think he had shin guards on. Let's go take a look. I think those boots had a lot going on on them. I think that's where all that extra oh, I do shiny was coming from. Um, but I mean, the, the cool thing about the, sh- the shin guards, right? Michael would replace the metal to be lighter or heavier, depending on what he was doing, because that is who Michael is fundamentally as a person so on stage when he's running around singing black or white with him shin guards on he would use a very light metal 
But if he walked out in these streets with them on, as he sometimes did, he would use a heavier metal. So, you know, again, the amount of forethought and, and work that went into dressing this man every time he walked out the door. God bless those two men. God bless them. You know what is wild to think about how much extra weight Michael was wearing in his clothing, like between the shoes and the shin guards and the jacket and the other jacket. Well, look, can we be honest? The shin guards are a miss. You don't like them? <laughs> I love them. They're I don't, they don't bother me. They don't bother me. I didn't say they bother me. I just, they're a mess. They were not, not necessary. Like the, the jackets are iconic. The glove, iconic. The glasses, the sunglasses, uh, the aviators, iconic. The shin guards. Well, it's like that damn, um, that uh, hand, the thing that you wear if you got carpal tunnel that he wore, <laughs> the wrist thing. The wrist brace. And I, I believe I, I, I put it in the notes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a video of the guy who he actually stole it from. This is Japanese drummer who was also a music producer. And Michael was in Japan and walked in the studio to work with him, uh, to do some work with him. And he was like, oh, can I have that brace? So he's a drummer. He has the brace on because he has carpal tunnel and he needs it. Michael's like, oh, that's cool. Can I have it? He was like, sure. So he gave it to Michael and Michael just, I guess, a piece of clothing and that's how he started wearing that and the guy was like i actually needed it for ailment and michael running around with it on because help me holy ghost <laughs> this man was insane and what this, was the, the shin guard, he it i mean cool. i'm the saying shin okay on his arm. the shin guards cool. and the uh arm brace on uh, 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 uh we could have not did we could have went without that Let's just be okay. And here's why I say so it's it resonates in the fan community, but the greater community does not deal with those pieces because they're not needed. The jackets are iconic. The glove is iconic. The glasses are iconic. The, the outfits are iconic. These shin guards and this brace is something that he did that only the fans were going to pick up and adopt. You're not wrong. I think that's why. The thriller jacket, the beaded jacket, those are household mm-hmm. names. Like those, everybody yep. and they mama, mm-hmm. brother, cousin, nephew, niece mm-hmm. had them jackets. Even the governor of Virginia couldn't resist. Stop. <laughs> Unnecessary. We <laughs> love not you. doing Ralph. Unnecessary. Morrison. I didn't say his name. Well, who did he dress up as? Was he Thriller Michael? Was he Thriller? It, he shouldn't. Have, he was no Michael. He was an <laughs> asshole. Ain't he one of your people? Never mind. Okay. No, I don't have no people. <laughs> I don't have no people. You are the people? No, I got family and that's it. I got family and friends. <laughs> that's it. No that's people. It. Yeah, no people, dude. No people. Put that on a crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, you're right. The jackets are the ones that are household names. And the glove, the glove is just, you know, it is what it is. The glove is 100% iconic. Like these notes say that um, when you have a whole invitation to a party on a glove, you know that's iconic because it makes no sense no other way. Michael, 
True. But like I said, Michael was great at creating these moments and things that you would remember. I think towards the shin guard slash arm brace era, he was trying to create a new type of iconic look. Because at this point, we already had the rock with you with the sequence, all sequence earth thing. Uh, outfit we had a thriller and beat it with those jackets we had bad i mean i think he was trying to do something different give you guys something else it just didn't hit like you know the shin guards worked with one thing and that was those gold pants the end like on stage in the gold pants when he came out for scream with the shin guards and all the the gold outfit it looked good there. Yeah, it did. He looked, looked good too. really good there. Let's talk about there. the motherfucking shin guards right now. I mean, excuse me. Let's talk about the damn gold pants right now. <laughs> because the two things do go together. Mm-hmm. The gold pants and the shin guards. Now, I remember my first Michael Jackson uh, message board. And the gold pants threads were always like 25 or more pages. The girls love it. On um, Michael Jackson fan the girls love more. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, pages on pages about the gold pants. What's I just want to know the users' opinions on the gold pants. Hit or miss. It's a hit. They were perfect. Mm-hmm. And when it's he clenched them booty cheeks together and pumped. <laughs> oh, God. Pop, pop. The girls love it. And you just got to, he knew what he was doing. The girls love it. Those gold pants. He didn't, I don't know. I wonder if he knew at the time, like the girl's going to love it. The boy's going to love it. He knew everybody was going to Everybody going to love it. Now let's talk about it. A lot of times you saw way too much of Michael in the gold pants. <laughs> Why did they have to be so tight in hindsight? <laughs> Why? He's trying to give the people what they want. I'm looking at a a particular picture, which Ashley and I have talked about with the booty. And (laughs) Catherine's child. His booty was just, it's like he knew. It's like he just knew. Like, like he said, like Joe had that Adonis uh, thing going on. This This was Michael's Adonis moment. Leave me alone, bro. And, <laughs> and the booty was just that booty doobie moving, boo. And I think he knew that once he, I think once he realized the fans were really picking up on that, he was definitely going to wear it every night. And that's, that's what's up, man. I mean, like, I like, what material is that? Is that velvet? What's that? It's got to be like a gold spandex. It's some sort of. Yes, yeah, definitely some sort of spandex. Doesn't it but, give you like but, gold dust? You remember gold dust? Go, the, the wrestler. wrestler. Yep. Mm-hmm. It gives me that. Um, it also gives me like a a plastic vibe, but I know that ain't right. Yeah, no. That you mean maybe like a lycra or like a? I know what you're talking about. Latex more. Yeah. More of a latex. Yeah. It's like a spandex latex. Is is giving very much performance material. But I think the he kept going with the tight ass pants. Or it's there. giving me uh um 
these ain't even Michael's best tightest pants, if we're being honest. My favorite pair of tight Michael Jackson pants are the blue pants from the blue fit during the Invincible promotions. That blue velvet Ooh, yeah. fit. Yeah. It was it was just as tight, if not tighter, than the gold pants, and it looked way flyer. But the gold pants are giving me like golden corral. Sweet no, potato, sweet it's, potato wrap. The sweet potatoes were wrapped in gold. Oh, you mean it like the actual sweet sweet uh-huh. potato, not like something you would wear too or see uh-uh. at, like, like you know at Golden Corral. The sweet potatoes are wrapped in gold, and the white potatoes are wrapped in silver. Wrapped. Tell the people what Golden Corral is. They don't know. Okay, Golden Corral is the South's premier. buffet do you know the hometown of golden corral i don't what is it fayetteville north carolina shut your mouth shut up that's the first golden corral in fayetteville north carolina i'm from the home of golden corral (laughs) family style buffet well i need everyone to thank fayetteville for that because y'all everybody coming from church has been to a golden corral at least 50 11 times including mine Mm-hmm. My and grandmother loves Golden Corral. I just had to have a conversation with her about why we're not going to eat at buffets until this COVID thing is really under control. Why? Never I don't mind. want we'll people breathing on my food. Okay, well that's cool. That's just they open though. It. They open though. They are open. They wide open. <laughs> they wide open. But Why yeah, can't no. they just take the custom order. But anyway, no, that no, no, that's not that's not the brand. Not that's not the brand. House, that's not, not the brand. Nope. But okay. But the gold, the gold outfit and the gold pants are super iconic, mainly for reasons the girls know why, the boys know why, everybody knows why. But I think he also was a good weight and size when he chose this look. On the history tour, like it was a healthy so. grown man, he was almost forty or but forty. No, he was still pretty skinny. Let's be—he he, he was small, but one forty. No, he had to be. He, I could feel my man at a good one fifty, one sixty right now. Mm-mm. Look at them thighs I was and that booty. Say, can you send me a better picture of the thighs that I? You can need see. to see them thumb that thunder, and I think. He was at, but I think out of Could all you the send time, reference? Could you please submit some evidence? Well, we'll I want we'll you to first, first I want you to view the, the, uh, okay. Let me get, let me go. The picture I sent you, the, the first and the second picture I sent you in gold. In text messages? Mm-hmm. Okay, give me one moment. Please, I'm pulling out the evidence. That's you 150 said- to 160, easy. No. Yeah. I'll be honest, I wish it was. It's not. I'm I'm pretty sure it was. We need Karen to weigh in. We know she know for reasons unexplained. I, I'll give you 150. That's what I'm saying. It's a 150 to 160 easy because I'm looking at he's still five nine and his arms look healthy. They look like a a nice size. These are not baggage. His thighs don't touch. They do a little bit at the top. They don't touch. This is a. <laughs> This is a dainty young woman. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to call my man the dainty young lady. <laughs> he, is a, he is a pretty young thing. Nah. <laughs> Michael was always small, but, but 
I think I'm saying this overall, the history era is a time when we felt his weight was like a good size. Like he was never going to be a fat dude unless he really wanted to, but like just the, his, his, you know, being a dancer and da, 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 he was always going to be smaller, but this was like a healthy weight that we all, I think a lot of, a lot of fans felt like was working for him. No, he wasn't, but it was also him embracing that you're not 21 anymore. You're older. Accept that, embrace it, move with it because you can still move really well with it. And somebody's daddy. You, huh? Zaddy with a Z. And you know, that whole look encompassed that he just was really, he was checking the boxes for the gold, the, the gold pan era. And we want to see those fanfics from the gold pan with gold pan era. We want to know. Do they mention in this article the LA gear sneakers, which were fire? No, so this was a clothing line that he was going to launch with this lady right above Rashuka Bergman. And she was his stylist, um, full-time stylist for the last few years of his life. So y'all can thank those wonderful This Is It outfits to Rashuka, Rashika, Rushka, Rushka, I think is probably how you pronounce it. Um, And so he was going to start a clothing line with her. They were going to create pieces together and launch them. And it's really ironic that this article was written a year, exactly one year prior to his death. So um, it's an interesting read for sure. Just talking about how, how iconic his looks were and how iconic he felt that his, his pieces were going to be once they, once they launched, but obviously that never came to fruition. Um, well, I, you know what? I want to talk a little bit about the cut article, which I'm I'm looking at right now. That's linked the cut, the article that came out June 25th, mm, 2008. Right. Yeah. I just want to take a second to say. A big F you to whoever wrote it, who couldn't just write it straight and needed to put little jabs in here, including the last sentence that said, um, we wonder if he'll branch out into a makeup line. And then in the first paragraph, it said, uh, Michael Jackson is launching a clothing line this fall. Take three seconds to absorb that. Just write the story straight. Motherfucker. Yeah, that doesn't even age well. Like it just I mean, like, come on. Anyway, like Michael, if Michael would were, were able to actually pull that off and have that move, first of all, you know how he actually did. So ha ha to who uh, the fool who wrote the article. When Michael passed, and even now, how many stores do you go in and see his merch? In the teen section. The kids buying off the wall t-shirts or thriller t-shirts or whatever. And how often do you see how many runways have run models who are wearing his style since he passed? You know, whole shows built around his style. So he actually was a really viable sort of person to move into a line. Like the 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 proof is in the the proof is in the profit at that point since he yeah. has passed away and we're not just talking about what the estate has done. They've had to sanction some things, but 
look how many different genres and areas like I can remember even now going into different stores, even here in the U S whether it's hot topics, that's a big one. Um, or H and M or Kohl's or Walmart, they all sell Michael Jackson merch. So it's almost like, well, the laughs on you because this actually is a very shrewd business plan to try to market and monetize his style because he had it. And why'd he get sued? I don't know. I ain't got that for you. Oh, he didn't get sued. That was the brothers. They were suing the, they were suing over these memorabilia jackets that they were teaming up to do with Mark, uh, Mark Laurent. Mm. Who was the brothers that were suing? Let's just name them. Mm, everybody except for Jermaine. No, actually, I think Jermaine had his hand in this one. That sound right. Everybody except for Marla, maybe. No, Marlon was there, I feel like. I feel like all four brothers did a press conference. Marlon was a jacket. <laughs> Wait a minute. The brothers were suing what for what? They were suing for... They had teamed up with uh, Mark Laurent, who is the original um, creator of the um, thriller and uh, beat it jacket. And so they they teamed up with him to um, roll out these memorabilia jackets, some of which they were going to autograph and some of which they were just going to sell outright. And um, it didn't work out. Hmm. And they're basically saying that. Um, so the brothers were going to sign replica jackets mm-hmm. of the thriller. And why would I want their signature on those jackets? Because their last name is Jackson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just needed yep. an answer. I just needed I an need, answer. I don't okay. need Marlon's signature on a thriller jacket. At so, all. so basically what the brothers are saying is that obviously the deal never went through, but they're saying that the check that they were advanced for travel and promo or whatever, I think it was a it was a over a million dollar check. They were advanced. They said it bounced. And so, oh no! <laughs> but let me ask y'all this: <laughs> you don't as do an, as, the brothers like that. Well, let me ask you this as an aside: Do you think it's appropriate for them to try to capitalize to exploit Michael's legacy in this way? Nah, it's a bad move. I think. It's a I bad mean, move. honestly, here's the thing: somebody's gonna buy it, right? So. You either gonna get on OnlyFans <laughs> and sell some feet, or right. you gonna sell your but brother's not, jacket. But you're not eating off of your efforts. You literally Who now this cares. No, that, 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 that's exactly what Michael was complaining about his whole life. But guess what though? Michael is gone. Michael's so gone. then you so okay. And you can't take none of it with you. So, so if John is it's not right here and signs his name on a no. thousand other jackets and says, well, I was definitely no. there for all of this success. Nobody is that wants appropriate? That. Nobody's going to buy that. There's no value in that. But where's ja- the but where's Jackson the value signs- in a Jackson signing Michael's thriller jacket? Okay. Well, it's not jacket, Michael's it- jacket. It's a replica. Well, okay. yeah, that's what it's, it's supposed a, it's to be. It's a Halloween costume. But it represents that. It represents Michael's thriller jacket. Yeah, but that's but, it's just like but it's, um but it's <laughs> but it's Jermaine signing it. Okay, but you know, people do goofy stuff like that with jerseys and you know, football memorabilia and things like that. Like people adjacent to signing things. I, I don't I think, think it's fine. do you think it's right there too? 
I know OJ would disagree. <laughs> How did I know that Orenthal James Simpson was going to come in this conversation? I yeah, just we think it's it well. I think the idea <laughs> that there's an the only way you can make money. <laughs> anyway, uh, go ahead. So, I just think there's something there oh, about. Okay. I thought you were done. Okay. Just, I thought I was Already. too. I just think there's something there about the brothers monetizing in that way. I think there's nothing wrong with the re-releases of the the albums and stuff like that, but it's like to take Michael's, it's like to take the glove and sign it. It's like, well, why, why do I want your signature on the glove? Because they too are Jackson and there are people who they don't care which Jackson it is. I mean, they want a piece of it, i.e. groupies back in 1970 who's it. So, you know, there are people who would enjoy. I think this is this is the part to tuck into a conversation. I think we said we were going to have about why Michael distanced himself from his family. The exploitative piece that he wanted to avoid. And I think this is this actually fits nicely into that discussion because well, he's not here to tell him no either. You know, he can't tell him. <laughs> he can't say he, no. He can't tell him don't do it. Yeah, because they definitely were not doing this while he was alive. Well, here so. we are in 2021 with masks, which he also cultivated as a fashion statement. Oh, we forgot that part, didn't we? Oh, never forget. The Michael Jackson surgical mask. And what I realized is Michael knew before all of us that you got to squeeze the metal brim around your nose. The bridge <laughs> at the bridge. So that mm-hmm. your sunglasses don't fog up. And mm-hmm. if your sunglasses fogged up, then you didn't do it right. And that's why, you know, people thought Michael was always trying to protect his nose and he probably was. But now I think he was always trying to clip that little metal prong properly. To ensure his swag did not fuck up the functionality. But can we also talk about how Michael knew what we didn't know at the time, which is that people's breath and spit in your face, you need to protect yourself. And on he that constantly note, had people in his face like that. And on that note, we're going to close it out. User 1.5, any lasting impressions from your study of Michael Jackson's style? Um, you know, what I'll say about Michael Jackson's style, although iconic, it had to have been exhausting to constantly try and outdo yourself or up one yourself. So shout out to Michael Bush and Dennis Tompkins, who's no longer on this side of the dirt, but also to Michael Jackson, who had the, the foresight to be so different. And we're still talking about all of his looks. I mean, we could do a whole show on his looks with Elizabeth Taylor because those two uh, golden girls were <laughs> always out in these streets with something on. You know, like he just was so iconic. Everything he wore, people talked about it the next day. And so, thank you, Michael, for giving us all of these great looks, all of the all of these great styles um, to talk about. Can we give an honorable mention to the loafers? For sure. Michael loved them loafers. He loved a jacked up pair of loafers more than anything. He liked a good worn pair. Good mm-hmm. worn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Worn and he loved those mm-hmm. User, oh, yeah. one, user one, any additional lasting feelings about Michael's fits? 
He had them all. No, there's nobody in popular culture who has influenced how everyday people are going to dress, except for Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. I'm just going to be real honest about it. Those, that's, those are the folks who did it and influenced. People was walking down the street in thriller outfits to go to work. You know you doing a lot, but you showing up at work talking about I'm ready in your thriller jacket. That's what people were doing in the 80s. And he's just one of a very small class of individuals who have influenced the world. And shout out to that sort of power and um, command. Wonderful, wonderful feedback. Well, I'll say if anyone knows where I can get a replica of the purple hat a young Michael Jackson was seen wearing on the Ed Sullivan show that he paired with a purple vest. Uh, please reach out to me, Suzanne DePass. I'm looking at you. Anyone else who may have been in the room, please let a me pimp know. name slip slick back. Yeah, listen, that, honey, you're it's an elegant it. hat. It's a lovely hat. I oh want that God. hat. Fair enough. And every day in my life, just know I'm on a personal quest to find it. In the meantime, y'all, thank you for joining us. Another episode here at the Black Jackson Estate. Shout out to our sponsor for today's podcast. E, thank you for being a sponsor and being our sixth user. You're a part of the family. We appreciate you. We love you. We thank you so much, y'all. Please be a sponsor whenever you can. Give as often as your heart desires in the what meantime, music are they enjoying what are they what are what, they what are they listening to what do you want the people to hear i think they need to be listening to dmx road to some mj or some jackson's okay i can definitely make that oh. happen it's a, probably a dmx and michael jackson mix that is made for all of us right now no ease this painful time in the meantime y'all make sure that you follow us on twitter at blk jack estate give 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 on paypal.me forward slash black jack estate and we love y'all we'll see you at the next episode that's it later taters michael jackson was a fashion icon and you know he had a great tension for detail but part of that was was dennis Tompkins and michael bush they were creating these these works of art really uh behind the scenes and you know Michael Bush and Dennis Tompkins also have their own, you know, creative, they're very creative people. So that's what made a really good combination in working with Michael Jackson. So these are pieces, they're not just um, clothing, they're works of art.